Welcome, everyone, to another epic episode of the LGA podcast. And for those of you just tuning in, that is Lit Gaming Arena. I'm your host, Marcus, joined by my amazing co-host, Justin. Give everyone a warm welcome. Hey, what's up, everybody? And Frost, give everyone a big hello. Hi. Let's get to it. want to start off by saying this is going to be a news heavy episode with CES happening. Okay. There is so much video game related hardware being released. I'm Laptops, so graphics cards, monitors, the wall. <laughs> but let's kick this off by talking about new games. I'm going to actually mention a game that was announced uh, after we recorded last week's episode. So January 11th, which will this game will already be out. Uh, Hitman HD Enhanced Collection for PS4, Xbox. And then I forgot to touch on the free games with Twitch Prime. And that is Bomber Crew, Republic, Orwell, Hyperlight Drifter, and the Devolver Digital Holiday Bundle, which includes Broforce, Hotline Miami 2, wrong number, or Strafe, Crossing Souls, and the Swords of Ditto. Also mentioning Epic Game Store has a free game from the... 10th to the 24th and that is what remains of edith finch which is a very excellent game so anybody without that should go pick that up since it's free do it now to move on to games being released the week of january 13th to the 19th january 15th there is vane on the ps4 yes smoke and sacrifice ps4 xbox the Walking Dead Final Season Episode 3 for PS4, Xbox, Switch, and PC. And there's a lot of fans waiting for that one, I'm I, sure. I have been. Uh, obviously, Telltale ran into some tragic <laughs> stuff, but they're hitting the ground on this now. Press F to pay respects. <laughs> they're not but, even a part of it anymore, right? It's totally uh, they they hired back. It's mostly most of the same team. Well, I mean to say it's like a different company that's releasing it, right? Yeah, I yeah, believe it's, it's Robert Kirkman's actual personal video game development company. Mm. But everybody's, a lot of veterans are back on that, so I'm, I bet the quality will still be there. Yeah. But we'll see. Uh, we'll probably get something going real, for that. Maybe a review Real labor of love. <laughs> the Grand Tour game, PS4, Xbox, Onimusha Warlord, PS4, Xbox, Switch, and PC. I'm picking that one up. I love Onimusha, and I'm glad to see a HD of the first game coming back out. On January 16th, there is Planet RIX 13 for Xbox. Uh, January 17th, there is Yik. I think I'm saying that right. It's it's Y-I-I-K. Uh, postmodern RPG for PS4, Switch, PC. There's Hellwarders for PS4, Xbox, Switch. Uh, Feudal... Alloy Switch, Gunman Clive HD Collection Switch, As Divine Hearts 2 Switch, Mega Mall Story Switch, and January 18th, there is Ace Combat 7 Skies Unknown. I know a lot of people are hyped for that for PS4, Xbox One, and uh, Sword Art Online Fatal Bullet Complete Edition for PS4, then Sword Art Online Fatal <laughs> Bullet Dissonance of the Nexus, PS4, Xbox, PC, and Travis Stark Strikes Again, No More Heroes for Switch. I want to like that Sword Art Online game, but... 
they play a little weird, and I mean, if but you haven't what? watched the anime or right. done what a lot it, with the anime, it's it could maybe be the, not for you. Could be the Gun Gale Online. I mean, Fatal it's Bullet. Not, it's, it's not. It's different. It's not, yeah. oh. it's different. I I'm mostly looking forward to the No More Heroes out of that bunch, but I am also picking up Animusha. I don't think there's anything in January for me. <laughs> I, mean, well, oh, I mean, there's game. a lot of great games in January, but we'll see. Maybe one of these weeks might surprise you. Uh, yeah, maybe. With maybe. Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> with so, with a something. Surprise. Uh, nope. <laughs> and I'm I just not. want to reiterate that we are going to be re viewing a game after the end of this recording. I'm not sure when those are going to go up. Justin, maybe you have some input on that. Um, I believe that I'm going to be working on those this weekend, and I'm... Pushing. So that first one's not up yet. It's not up yet. I'm pushing to start on the feed for those and having them up starting next Wednesday. There All was right. some real disappointment in his voice when he said that. Oh, so those aren't up yet. I am a little upset, well, but well, because I, <laughs> we'll start getting them rolling. I, I didn't, I didn't want to upload them without announcing it on the podcast. Well, we, the one, one we, we're recording tonight is going to be a different episode than the first one, which isn't up yet, which will have, it'll feature two different review scores for the same game, so it'll have more of a debate and a back and forth. Justin, anyway, uh, what you been playing? Let's just besides, roll into uh, that sequence. Besides failing me, what else have you been doing? I failed nobody. You let me down. <laughs> I operate on my own schedule. You didn't he's, fail me, but I'm upset. Now, so I'm the producer. To... I do what I want. The producer. Yeah, the, he's the, please, the knobs. You're just in the knobs. I'm, I'm the... Please him. I'm the producer. I'm the editor. I'm this. all the social media. Sound check. I'm just loud and proud over I, here. I do everything except for Good what for you. you do. I'm glad you finally came out being loud. Loud and proud. I'm just <laughs> loud and proud. Loud and proud for video games. Yeah, I very, <laughs> <laughs> very pro video game. It's a very. I mean, um, he, he did mention he was probably going to get a boner later on today. Anyway, <laughs> so for it's, video games, the boner for loud and <laughs> proud took, for video he games. He took his Red Bull and now he is ready to be intimate with with video games. games with the games. All right, Justin, what you play anything this week? I haven't played anything new. I've been working my way through Celeste. Yes, and we will get a review of that, which will also be one of these two op double opinion reviews. Oh which yeah, sound great. Uh, it's to it's, me. God, double it's, it's hard. It's a hard game. All right, so <laughs> my I, if I could just say since I live. With you and you're playing the game upstairs in the living room when I'm trying to sleep. It's hilarious listening to you play the game because you have your headphones on, and all I hear fuck. is oh. just no. I don't even hear that. I just hear feverishly clicking. Just it's yes, it's, it's the analog stick. It's just <laughs> it's that not game even is, just normal so gameplay, you, but just anger, just anger. Clicking oh, there's the so entire, much anger. Like, so you've been three hours. playing that with headphones. You. Is yeah. it better enhanced with headphones? Oh yeah, like oh, you right. can. There's there's so much more you can hear. It's it like I like I said before. It's real. It's real smooth play. See, I played I, without headphones, so that'll be an interesting discussion for later. Yeah, the audio is really good. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot of good things I can say about the game. I really don't have anything bad to say about it overall. Oh. All right, well we'll get to that. Uh, Frost, do you play anything interesting? Oh, I've played a lot. Well, good. I'm 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 the one that's on top of the games Bring this week. Bring it. <laughs> Let me get my list out here. I played Bury Me My Love, which got re-released on the Switch, but I did not play it on the Switch. I just picked it up on my phone. I played Absolver, which also was newly released on the Xbox and it got put on Game Pass. 
I played Below, again, available on Game Pass, and Hellblade, available on Game Pass. What, what did you think of Below? I only played about an hour and a half, maybe. I didn't get too far in. The opening's real slow. Yeah, same. I, uh, I, I don't have an opinion of it yet. I keep bouncing. I've heard a lot of good things, though. I keep bouncing back to it because it's kind of like a nice game to... I- I like down the, with because it's pretty simple. I like the somber setting yeah. of it. So I've I've wanted to go back to that, but I I kind of got a few things a coming that I've been working on. It's kind of my game that I go to when I'm stressed out or annoyed with the other games that I've been playing. So I have been enjoying that. And like you said, it was somber. Uh, I think a lot of the things that play into that is the music. And I really like the new music in that game. Music tends to be one of the reasons why I return to a game like I've been doing that one. I'm not sure if I'll beat it, but it's uh, it's just kind of I, so I know far there's not anything a, that's happening. So it's a, a little bit Zelda like um, in its approach. And and when I say Zelda like, I mostly refer to the old classic old one, Zeldas. Yeah. yeah. So I hear you played Hellblade, and we are reviewing that after this podcast. But uh, just broad strokes, what did what did you think of that? Honestly, I really loved that game uh, so much so that I'm playing it for a second time, literally a couple of days after I've beat it. Is is how's the audio in that? I that's something I particularly enjoyed probably the most about it. Uh, there's a lot of things that I enjoyed about it more. Um, additionally to the audio, the audio it's the game suggests that you listen to, or you play the game with headphones. Um, I didn't do that right off the bat, but after the kids went to bed and I was just by myself, I was able to do it with my headphones. And the the difference is game changer. <laughs> yeah, it's liter- quite <laughs> literally a game changer because the game is about a girl who is in the middle of a psychotic episode. Uh, so she's hearing voices, and that's why the headphones are so important because the headphone the like the the voices kind of circulate back and forth and come close and go far away, and that's just better heard and observed because the whole game is dedicated to allowing somebody who doesn't have this kind of mental illness to be able to quote unquote suffer with that mental illness like having the headphones in kind of like forces you to put yourself into these shoes of people who hear her voices and, and have these issues so it was a real it was a huge like it was a really impactful experience I, for and me. I, I noticed at least at the time that released uh and similar with stuff last year just nordic stuff is so in like i mean you look at thor like thor ragnarok came out around that time and uh that dealing with nordic themes uh jotun how uh, many viking shows we have well yeah and it's i i actually really love norse mythology like a lot well apparently that vikings show on history is ending this next season Mm. i'm gonna backpedal on that though and say that this game is more unique. I know that Norse mythology has been a huge center of attention lately, but this game actually it it talks about Norse mythology and it's centered about that, but it's from the perspective of a Celtic person. So yeah, it's it's from the perspective of somebody who's going into Viking territory. Yeah, like their tales that they're hearing these tales from someone else and well she's she's using that as information to be able to go on her quest and to be able to understand her quest but the point that i'm trying to make is that the vikings are being painted in a 
in a portrayal that they're not the good guys. And that's a different perspective than what we're used to being given because a lot of the stuff (laughs) that deals with the Vikings is kind of like, oh, Vikings are so cool. But in this in this light, they're like they're pretty shitty because they yeah. do some pretty shitty things to and, this girl. I mean, historically speaking, <laughs> they're, they're pretty shitty, but um, um, fiction, they're pretty awesome. And I'll touch on this here, but I will reiterate this in the other cast. Like, when I went into this game, I thought I went into this with the wrong mindset. I, <laughs> I 100% thought, like, everything that was kind of cerebral or psych- psychological, in, in essence, was weird like i thought so much of the game was kind of this per- character's delusions and not necessarily it with that i was playing essentially a hero like a uh like a kratos i guess is the closest parallel that probably has developed some psychological trauma due to them going on this quest so i went in this with the complete wrong mindset <laughs> <laughs> My- but, but we will we will get to that in the other cast but i just thought it's it's funny to bring up that i I kind of went into this and was like so confused up until the end. <laughs> and what's then, going on here? <laughs> yeah, but there is a very nice uh, little documentary kind of on the making of the game, and that put a lot of things into perspective. And I like that because um, I have a. I think that only appears after you beat the game, right? No, I, it's there. Was it there? Sure. I didn't. It notice. just advised you not to watch it until you beat oh, the game. Okay. Yeah, and I, I, I one hundred percent would say don't watch it till you beat the game, but. Uh, I I have a an art degree and I only really bring this up because uh, Ooh, my, Mr. Fancy Pants over here with his degree. My my uh, well, BFA You and I combined um, can talk very uh, analytically about this game. What, one of you my, have an art degree and oh, I happen to have a history degree. But one of my teachers <laughs> I just always have buttons. <laughs> one of my teachers always said like it's good to write about your art or explain it in a sense and this becomes a like I, really I always come back to the who is art made for argument and that was something brought up in kind of my uh, visual theory and criticism class and it, it becomes like is art understood by people who maybe aren't producing art and like I said I, I think this this kind of comes into that same perspective like it because it explains it so people who might go into it with like me uh with a misunderstanding and leaving it a little confused it it snapped everything into perspective and i enjoyed that and once again i I don't think all games need to do that and i don't think all artists need to do that uh but i i just very much enjoyed that little documentary and even seeing how they recorded sound was really cool oh yeah that was really cool um i kind of want to backpedal to my exposure to this game and it was kind of it was it's really short so i walked into this game knowing absolutely nothing about it i looked at the picture and i thought it was really pretty and i was bored so i downloaded it and i was like uh yeah i'm gonna play this game and the first part of it she's kind of going down the river and going into this viking territory and the voices are telling her that it's a bad idea and there's a narrator obviously that's one of her voices <laughs> and the first it, it kind of takes you it forces you to look at the credits in the beginning of the game instead of waiting until the end um so the credits pop up in the scenery as you go past it and the a first lot of games doing the nice opening credits <clears throat> The first credit that pops up is lead mental health expert and lead historical es- expert. And, and so my first, my opinion that. was like, oh, oh shit. <laughs> yeah, they they did the footwork on that. But anyway, uh, just to move on from this, because I mean, we're going to talk this to death later. 
how about Absolver? Did you? I, I oh my god, I hated it. Okay, I played a, a little Absolver. <laughs> I actually didn't mind what I played, but I didn't fully get so immersed in it. No, and maybe this is it's hard to get immersed in it. So it's clunky, it's chunky. The graphics aren't that good. It's colorful. It's an indie I guess. game. I don't care. It's annoying. It's so so is a uh, Hellblade. Hellblade <laughs> is indie in the most like. <laughs> probably the worst sense because it had like a huge budget and it was made by ninja theory i don't care i didn't like absolver okay i'm just saying absolve i thought you might enjoy absolver because it's a little like uh shaolin monks which i i know is like that that game i i enjoyed heavily back in the day but it it almost reminded me of like does shaolin mux hold up into it in like a today's culture and my answer to that would be no, because I didn't, uh, I couldn't imagine you're, myself. You're going, a hater. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't imagine myself going back and playing Shaolin Monks. It's more of just like a fond, distant memory of times when I was younger and Make having. Me upset. I love Liu Kang. <laughs> I love Kung Lao. I'm allowed to have an opinion. Fuck Obviously you, please. Obviously not. No. <laughs> no, but uh, I mean, uh, I just I didn't like Absolver. How, I how much it was, did you? How far did you get it? Like I don't know. I played like an hour, and I was just like, okay. I, I played I, about two me, hours, so in, I didn't play I, it. And I I I enjoyed what I saw, but I know the game is a little bit Dark Soulsian, and I I say that, uh, and I know that's kind of a that's become kind of a term or like saying something is Dark Souls like or Souls like or Soulsborn like has become just a big blanketing term that's used for a lot of things but the combat is a little clunky and i felt that was intentional because no i didn't think the combat was too clunky it's just the walking around i mean that felt clunky have you played a souls game dark souls i'm not allowed to i have a lot of anger issues i I, I would, we wouldn't I would, own any controllers. I would like to see... <laughs> I've been explicitly forbidden to play any Dark Souls games. I would love to see your opinion on this more so if you had played a Souls game. Are you are you going to invite me over so I can play it on your house then? <laughs> uh, maybe. I mean, maybe that might end up on... Maybe Dark Souls Remastered might end up on Game Pass or something. But I, I just think like Dark Souls is very intentionally clunky in a weird way like with all its movement and stuff See, I so think, i think right there is the is the thing i don't like games that are too frustrating so that's probably why i wouldn't like dark souls anyway well and that's kind of i know you played a little celeste and we talked about that last time and and that might be i know you you didn't seem too too interested in celeste at least yourself because the, i know the difficulty can be a little bit of a deterrent well it's not even that it's just that a difficulty level isn't the reason why i i i generate or not generate but um gravitate towards the game that's difficulty is probably my biggest um turn off on a game okay. i see, like to see, be challenged but i'd rather have it just be like a good story see and that's why i'm going to really when, when we do review uh hellblade or even other games going forward it'll be nice having a discussion with you on that because i i love very difficult games so i, I think do. we'll we'll have uh very differing opinions on certain things or view maybe certain things mechanically quite differently which will be a very interesting discussion sure so about the other <laughs> games i played uh bury me my love and i also played below below was 
somber as i said but i can't remember that we already talked about that one we we, t- we touched a little on below but uh it's somber, what, what about it's boring, Barry but love? I, what i like it's about boring. it is that it's easy to pick up and understand i immediately it felt like i was putting on a pair of old gloves and i was able to uh know what i was doing without there being an official tutorial so i really appreciated that because there's a little bit of a survival yeah, it was mechanism in it. Yeah, like you, uh, don't starve a little bit. Yeah, and I immediately was like, oh, <laughs> that's definitely games that I'm really good at is survival games. Like, I love don't starve. And the, as soon as I saw the crockpot option, I was like, oh, yeah, I'll cook myself a soup. <laughs> I, I do feel, uh, which I, I don't know sales data or anything on this, but I do feel bad a little bit for Below because it was due like it was shown and was really hype a lot quite a while back um and it like it feels like it's been in development forever and it fell off everybody's radar and i i just don't know how hype anybody was for it at this point it so and once again being on game pass which i, I don't know exactly how they divvy out money through game pass maybe it's kind of the netflix thing of like whoever downloads it kind of that it gets money based on downloads yeah but I'm sure i i just worry that it, it was kind of one of these games that got hype killed in a way that it was it was so excited and hyped and then once it released because it missed its mark by so far that it, that it just took too long to develop that just everybody lost interest i i i i want to say that i'm optimistic about it because it is available on game pass and that'll just allow everybody to see it because i mean that was part of the reason i got game pass because i mean they they do the whole dollar for one month and i noticed it was on there and i was like rather than just buying this and taking a gamble with my money i'd rather pay a dollar and just check it out yeah and you have access to a bunch of other games that you can play yeah (laughs) don't bother zero also interested (laughs) me but i didn't want to pay a whole lot of money and that that being another thing uh just i want to touch on that since we're not big by any means yet that we don't get a lot of free we get free nothing so <laughs> we we host the podcast for free yeah i was like i think the uh our, our approach on games because we are nothing. buying them or once again coming from an a approach from an actual consumer standpoint is a very good approach yeah i definitely agree with that i um, there's a lot of People out there that get the games for free and especially nowadays games just straight up giving games to influencers because they're a lot more energetic about, oh, well, I got this game for free, so I'm going to say some good stuff about it because I'm excited to get stuff for free. And I mean, I would be excited, <laughs> but I always uh, yeah. I always try to give more. a non-biased opinion yeah. on things. Like- I mean, for me, it's like, I mean, I, I paid money for this game, so I mean, if I'm, if I'm going to be disappointed, it's my wallet is also disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) And I I think that's a great approach at least. Uh, So yeah, just uh, definitely voicing that obviously there are options out there to play below or mutant year zero for essentially a dollar, as long as that's kind of what you're jamming for that month. And then maybe I, I, I always think, think the with dollar game pass, thing is going on anymore. Just, no, it looks t- like it's still going on though. I think it's for this month or something, but mm. yeah, don't, don't bother with Hitman because it's just the tutorial <laughs> levels. That's uh, still crazy. I, but I, I mean, my take on game pass is you, since it's $10 a month, you, or like without the dollar a month thing, but if you, you either pay the dollar and you play whatever games or even 10 bucks, and you play whatever you want that month and then you can cancel and then you can re-up when like yeah. a, something interesting like uh, 
maybe that crackdown if that ends up good or like a forza comes out or you know like gears halo whatever you could just up for that month and play it that month or even two months you know pay like 20 dollars for a game instead of a full 60 you'd end up way ahead it's a cool service obviously that model works it's been working for netflix for how many years and i mean who's to say that we won't start seeing game pass exclusive games in the future that'd be interesting yeah, PlayStation um, I don't, I don't get on that because PlayStation's version is twenty dollars a month. Well, my only issue with Sony's is that, and I and I know I've said this before, I think on episode two, but they don't offer the like most current like cutting edge game. So like uh, theoretically, an Uncharted or like Last of Us two won't be on their day one, where Xbox has those day one. Yeah, like imagine God of War on yeah, theirs. Like, Holy shit. Yeah, I, I I think their service has a lot of potential. It just isn't there yet. But uh, we'll go back to... a lot more to... exclusive, console exclusives. But yeah, Microsoft is kind of killing them on that point right now. But I mean, obviously, this next year could have some different changes. I mean, with uh, upcoming rumors and stuff about the new consoles that both partners are working on. I think 2019 will be a bit pivotal in yeah. some of that, in mostly that streaming service. Obviously, 2019 is probably not a hardware year, but I think it's it's, it's still hardware pivotal. rumor year. Uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so uh, but back to the point at hand. Uh, so so you've at least been enjoying some of Below because it's kind of like this old glove, and you you like the familiarity of yeah. feel of it. I like. I also like that there's no tutorial, and it just kind of. Like you have to figure it out on your own. Which that is... was my favorite part of Don't Starve. <laughs> I do. Appreciate... That was the best part of Don't Starve. I, I while it's frustrating because you're trying to figure out a new game, it's also the best because it doesn't interrupt you from doing anything. You can just kind of go wherever you want to go and figure out on your own. See, I thought the opening sequence, which is this long boat thing, was a little bit too long. I swear it was 20 minutes. <laughs> uh, I think I was doing something else. I think I was like dual playing a couple of games at the same time because I was playing Bury Me My Love on my phone, too. And, and what did you think of that? I, we we didn't really touch on that heavily. Um, So I'm curious because it just got released on the Switch and I'm curious how that translates to the switch because the entire intention of the game is it's a it's a uh, real-time text game so i've played games like that before especially mystic messenger which was super popular a couple years ago back when um, yuri on ice came out Uh, that's all anybody could talk about was yuri on ice mystic messenger yuri on ice mystic messenger and then killing stalking (laughs) um and this one is kind of more of a low-key relaxed but more intense of a story so it took back it took all of the different little side projects that you can do with mystic messenger and instead uh plopped you down into this more serious uh kind of story is it a visual novel type game or no it's a text well like literally it's you're texting somebody like the game texts you and then you text back oh that's interesting have you never played a game like that not i've played visual novel games which sometimes can be that in a way i think uh probably the game i think of the most which i haven't really checked out too much uh is steinsgate and that has like a lot of text sequences but that's a visual novel game 
yeah it's it's literally a uh text messages you're just this girl is trying she's in the middle east that's caught in the war and she's trying to like go and her, her family dies and she's trying to get out of where she's living because it's dangerous and she's texting you and you're portraying her like best friend i don't know if you're a guy or girl at this point uh so she'll text you about like what's going on um during her day and then she'll ask you what you think she should do so one of the things that i had to come across was that she was waiting for her cab driver and when the cab driver drove finally got to her he said that he couldn't take her over the border because it was under fire unless she paid more money and so you had to choose whether or not she should do it or she should do something else um so that's kind of so your decisions that you tell her to do kind of gravitate her one way or the other i'm not sure if you could like actually put her in serious trouble or not um and then throughout the game she'll like text you pictures of herself um and it's very it's 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 a it's a different art style it's pleasing to look at i don't really like text adventures i didn't really like mystic messenger i don't really like this game very much either because i i mean if i'm gonna read a story i'd rather read a story in a more classical setting rather than it just being short little text quips and bits and pieces from here and there do you think i would enjoy this at all do i no i don't know do you enjoy um reading a story that's strictly written in text message style see i don't know uh i know you like reading me your text messages (laughs) what donut county it had a lot of like text speak sections and i really enjoyed reading that but that was it was so humorous and then i like i said i do like i know but you keep you keep saying games that have text sections there is no sections this is all just text messages yeah but well then then i uh, there's nothing else mentioning visual novel games uh they are all text based games but they're not necessarily text is in like cell phone texting it's text is in it's all reading Mm-hmm. and uh i loved uh zero escape like the whole zero escape franchise so nine person nine doors nine hours zero escape uh virtues last reward and zero escape uh well whatever the last one was i can't really think of the name Sa- sadly i played the last one first and then i went and played the 999 and then i played uh virtues last reward of that franchise uh last year uh and I enjoyed all three of those quite substantially. So uh, I'm definitely interested in uh, visual novel games, but it's yeah, it's one. It's not. It's kind of out of my wheelhouse. And I say that mostly saying uh, I enjoy like there. There are a lot of platforming games like FPS games and like RPGs that come out in a year that keep me occupied. Sorry, that was my phone. But yeah, like, see, like, that's just, that's all it is. Uh, I don't know. I might check that out on Switch, maybe. That, I guess that like might the, be okay. I guess, like, the coolest thing about it is that if she texts you, uh, your phone buzzes, like, she's really texting you. Be the only person to text me in a really long time. <laughs> uh, it's all about that Facebook Messenger now. Gotta leak your privacy data. See, I don't know what... <laughs> 
I don't I don't know what this chick is doing because she's she told me that she'll tell me when she crosses the border and that was yesterday and she hasn't done that yet. So well, yeah, Hope because she didn't die. well, Trump won't allow it. <laughs> <laughs> There's a wall there now. <laughs> he's he's trying, but uh, currently the government's still shut down until that happens. And it's worth noting that this isn't a new game either. It's been around for um, I think two years now. It came it's out. It's new to Switch. It's new to Switch, um, but it's not new. It's been you can get it on your phone. It's three dollars. Uh, so it's cheaper than Switch. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. If honestly, if you if you're interested in looking into this game, I would <laughs> I would rather you b- buy it on your phone. Don't don't bother buying it on the Switch because what if I only have the Switch? You have a fucking phone. I, what up. if I don't have a phone? What if I'm one of our <laughs> listeners without a phone, but I have a switch and I don't know how I'm listening to the podcast? Because well, most then, people do if that you want to read text messages on a switch and or on your TV, then I guess that's your business. But I wouldn't. The, I would buy it on. In Google I mean, Play. it's three bucks on a phone. That sounds much more and more reasonable. But I don't know if they added anything to that port. Yeah, I don't. And again, again, it seems like a lot of stuff would be lost in translation because the coolest aspect about the game, which was the coolest aspect about any game that's like this, is the fact that your phone buzzes and it's like it's a real person. Like, ooh, I like need that. that in my life because nobody, <laughs> nobody messes. That was me. that was one of the things that I really liked about Mystic Messenger is that some of the boys would like text you in the middle of the night and you'd be like, ooh, I have like a little secret. A little secret lover, and he's a cartoon guy. <laughs> I remember listening to a podcast that I think it was actually like Giant Bomb's Game of the Year from last year, and one of the people just being obsessed about Mystic Messenger. <laughs> I definitely wasn't on the Mystic Messenger uh, train, thankfully. <laughs> I played it and I got the worst ending possible. One of the guys <laughs> dumped me and I was like, okay, fine. I'm, in- I'm uninstalling this shit. <laughs> you don't know how to relationship, I guess. I guess I do. Because he was like, I'm sorry, this isn't working out. And then the game ended. And I was like, <laughs> why do I keep getting broken up with? Like the fucking, the same thing happened to me in Dream Daddy too. Is everybody- got the Video worst game- ending. Video game guys just dump me all the time. It, it's nagging. <laughs> I hear it's what all the girls love these days. <laughs> are, are, you a, are you a Pua now? Is, that what the, is this a Pua podcast? <laughs> well, anyway. Uh, is your tips to pick up chicks here on LGA? The, this is, uh, none uh, of them were work. Nobody mm. messages me ever. So, and I, I mean, I'm not nagging you anybody. You dollars to have a pretend person message you. I might have to do that. Um <laughs> Anyway, the only game I've really been playing is I've been more focusing on uh, finishing Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu, and uh, I'm still really enjoying that. I am now six badges in, so I'm getting close to the end on that. Any Does anybody have extra questions they might have that they didn't have last time I brought this are, up? Are you getting? Are you, you working on getting those rare Pokemons that you can sell on the dark web? No, I am not. Uh, <laughs> I know they've made capturing shinies real easy, uh, and but I'm not uh, shiny farming yet because I'm not at the end of the game. Uh, one thing that I, I just beat the psychic gym though, so and that's just kind of like the old ones if you've played those. I can't remember if I said it, but I mean, when I get a switch, I'm definitely 
definitely getting that game because I like what they did to it as far as like I hate the random encounter stuff in Pokemon. I hate just like, oh, I'm walking through this grass and I'm trying to get somewhere, but oh, I'm being interrupted by this fucking Pokemon. I, I actually really like that all the Pokemon are like displayed and I'm curious yeah. to see if that will carry over into Pokemon proper. When I really hope so. 2019 Pokemon comes out. I hope so, but I kind of hope. I don't know how I feel about the whole like Pokemon Go type. I do like the catch mechanic, but only as far as you're throwing Pokeballs. I don't I don't really like I, I don't like that you're always throwing Pokeballs just to catch these mods. I wish you were weakening them, but that's just my take on that. Okay, so I'm just curious, is Mons Pokemon. like the hip way of saying I, it these days? That's I don't know. That's just how <laughs> I've I've always said Mons instead of Mons. saying Pokemon. It's because he has to <laughs> Is that just so that's just a you thing? That's because he's in the Digimon, he has to. I, I have, that, that is because I like Digimon, so I can say D -D Digimon, <laughs> digital monsters. Don't, don't you bring them into this. They got a cool looking game coming, but only I'm really interested because <laughs> I took second place in grade school. <laughs> you poor child that didn't have. I was also into Monster Rancher. Don't judge me. <laughs> anyway, I. I, I I would agree with that. Um, I like the idea that of weakening the Pokemon first before you catching them, rather than just oh, right, there's a Pokemon. Let me just throw this a bunch of Pokeballs at it. I mean, you can put berries out too, but that I yeah, I don't I, like any of that. Yeah, they, yeah, there needs to be a mix of that. But I mean, definitely as far as like the over overworld quote unquote, um, where you see the Pokemon like, well, I want to catch that one, so I'll go and catch it. And and it's interesting that I, I like how this looks. And I mean, it's, it looks more like a classic Pokemon game just with 3D character models. And obviously that's kind of a throwback to the original style, but it's a little bit more like X and Y. And I really loved X and Y and I was fairly lukewarm on uh, Sun and Moon and Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. But so it, it and Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon kind of were the quote unquote first 3D Pokemon where it kind of had a more over the shoulder or dynamic camera and oh, okay. I still like the old like almost top down camera or like isometric type view. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh I'll I'll probably finish that within the coming week. It, and then we can do a review. Maybe. But How long has it been out now? It's been out a while, uh like a month or so. It, yeah, oh, I thought it was there. out longer. I I didn't really prioritize it. I probably could have beat it before Smash came out, but I didn't buy it until a few weeks later. And even then, Smash was like, when I bought it, Smash came out the following week, and I just was not <laughs> just feeling threw that it. over your shoulder. Like, what? I was <laughs> like, I'll, I'll get back to this. But I, I have a lot of friends really into Pokemon, and uh, I have a I have a friend uh, that is way into Pokemon and does not like Smash whatsoever. So that I mean motivates me a little more, but. The, the more I heard about this Pokemon, the more I got interested. And I know, like, at first I was very, like, tepid on even wanting to get it. And then and I think I even said that on the cast being like, this game looks like garbage. But then just everything I heard was, like, drawing me into it. Yeah, because I, I had like that was everybody's if, opinion on this game. Yeah, because I, I had messaged you and I was asking if you were going to get it because it was like coming out that week. And you're like, ah, I don't think I'm going to get it. It doesn't look like what I want in the Pokemon game. It looks like it's like too much. Like It was too much too, go. Yeah, too, I, much, I, too much go plus being too simplified almost. Yeah, I'm not interested in Pokemon Go whatsoever, but I love Pokemon more proper. So and but I mean, it becomes eventually like I kept thinking like, oh, I'm going to vote with my wallet, but 
I mean, the game already eventually made its money. It was selling millions of units, so that becomes such a moot point at a certain point. And I mean, I hate to sound like a shill of any kind, but like I said, I, a lot of my friends purchased this and were just telling me very good things, and some of them were even fairly tepid on it, and... I just heard enough being like, I guess it's like a pretty good version of one of those old games just remastered <laughs> in a way. And that got me excited. You can uh, give your Pokemon a hairstyle by massaging like the because you can pet your Pokemon. But if you like massage the screen, you can change their hair huh. of your oh. Pikachu or Eevee. Uh, me and some friends, we, we spent a long time trying to give our Pokemon afros. <laughs> that is the hardest hairstyle to get because you gotta, there's still some stipulation on how it works, but a lot of people say you have to use all 10 fingers. Oh my God. We ended up using eight fingers in a certain pattern that people kind of were suggesting and eventually got the afro. But there's quite a few hairstyles and Those hidden mechanics. I, I mean, you really almost don't realize how much a hairstyle impacts your Pokemon until you have it. So now my Pikachu looks a little bit like a Seth Rogen type. <laughs> and I'm really I'm digging that. Is he high all the time? He's wearing sunglasses. So oh quite probably I he's either Seth Rogen or a Blues Brothers. And I'm enjoying that quite a bit because he's in a little vest. Is he an Adam ruins everything? <laughs> a little bit. Uh, I, he, his hair's not quite as swoopy. Because it's an afro, but... That guy's hair is crazy. <laughs> there, Would there you are... say that people who favored Pokemon, let or not Let's Go, but just Pokemon Go, uh, would end up liking this game at yeah, all? I, I was I... afraid that it would it would change a lot of the things that I actually liked about Go. Because I'm not an avid Pokemon player. I never grew up with it. Um, but I really did enjoy playing Go for the time that it was popular. It's still popular. <laughs> I think this is a Pokemon for people who like Go or people who like Pokemon. I mean, just in general, uh, especially since it harkens back to the days of old. So it's it's like playing Pokemon Yellow. Like it, it has a lot of feelings of playing either Pokemon uh, Red, Blue, or if you're not from here, Green. Uh, <laughs> it, 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 like Pokemon Red, Blue, Green, and Yellow, it... it harkens back to feelings like playing those because it is like those regions it's the original like 150 pokemon i mean there's a little more than that because this has the alolan forms and it has like meltan and like a few other here and there like legendary types so 151 i guess but plus some alolan type mons from sun and moon uh but so it sounds like it's got like a little bit of everything for everybody yeah i think it hit that sweet spot of being for the go fans as well as being for the I guess hardcore Pokemon fans because a, a lot of my friends uh, in this case are more hardcore very into uh, breeding Pokemon and getting specific EVs and IVs uh, stat wise and very intense type stuff like that and they've enjoyed it so that's another reason why I came aboard and I'm definitely a much more casual Pokemon fan than them but since I some of the fun is always versing people who are that hardcore that I enjoyed that but I think there is something for once again the go fans which i would see probably playing this a little bit more casually but since you can transfer pokemon in the game to go that's also a good thing i believe that's that's permanent right if you transfer to go it's a one-way sure. deal because i know you can transfer pokemon from go to this and i believe from this to go i'm oh, not really 100 really sure on that since i don't really play pokemon go so i can't really comment to that i know one of my friends did transfer some pokemon from pokemon go to this and that was to complete 
uh, Pokédex type stuff because you do get a shiny charm and that just helps uh, your shiny rate when you're chaining mons. Yeah, I know that, I mean, Pokémon Go is definitely more challenging up here, but I mean, despite there is a pretty dedicated... And when he says up here, here, he means Montana where <laughs> we are a desolate, desolate wasteland of Pokéstops. It's yeah. not that bad. I Especially mean, where we yeah. live in the city. It's a, it, it's a little bit we're bigger. In the, it's a little sad that we're like the most dense populated place in Montana and Pokéstops are pretty much only dense in our downtown region. <laughs> yeah, I... Hey, but the cool thing up where we live is that we have a lot of churches. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a there's a pretty dedicated player base here. There's a like a pretty popular like Facebook group, and they have their own Discord, I guess. Too, and they so. do raids and yeah, because I they're I, pretty active. I like as well as probably anyone who's a gamer or even slightly interested in Pokemon uh, did play Pokemon Go and was pretty pretty hot and heavy on it. Yeah, you were walking all few. over the place. You're like, oh, I just got back on like a 10 mile walk. I'm yeah, like, getting, those, like, getting like 20,000 like plus steps a day <laughs> <laughs> just playing Pokemon gotta, Go. Gotta level up those Pokemon. Yeah, I was I was a little intense and I, I figured it would pitter out. It was just right place, right time. Uh, I mean, it hit real hard and it was so cool uh, even here. Yeah, and in, it was July, so. Yeah, just running into people like in the wild who are like... <laughs> Yeah, and I, yeah, I kind of funny, see, but just I still you, see people out. Like you can, you can tell when they're playing Pokemon Go. It's weird. Like, and then you see strike pe- up a conversation yeah. about it. It was great. Like you see people on their phones all day, every day, but you can tell when they're playing Pokemon Go. I mean, I had uh, long since not been in college, but I would walk down to some of our, co- our college campuses and just seeing all these people out and about, and you could talk to them about Pokemon, and it it was a good time like meeting yeah. a lot of people that you you wouldn't even expect oh, though yeah. i did almost have the cops called on me uh because it was late at night Being a and i was there. there well unfortunately one of our pokestops was a laundromat and <laughs> i was like just hanging out outside for a bit to spin that and get some pokeballs and someone on the inside eventually came out and was like they were like hey what are you doing and i was like uh, just playing pokemon it, it's new and they were like okay my my daughter's been playing so i know what you're talking about but you just look like a creepy man in a hoodie <laughs> <laughs> you're waiting for a drug stop like no no i'm just a dude hanging out yeah. at night I'm just a nerd and that just became such a weird phenomenon because of like then randomly all these like businesses started like here's the Pokemon Go special if you just <laughs> mention that you're playing Pokemon Go and well you can get like the discount on this drink or something and I, I loved being like like when it was such a big phenomenon I liked being part of that but yeah, now that it's pittered out a little bit I haven't had now it. only the hardcore players yeah. are left yeah after and I figured it, some of the the strangers I talked to I was always like I would I would like to see how this is when winter hits because I was like who's gonna be like and winter in Montana is sometimes negative 30 below so I was like <laughs> like to see people out here and I mean me being as uh, I guess like I, I don't really know the word for this but I, I would go there's a graveyard here that had like five six pokestops so it seemed a little odd to be walking through a graveyard <laughs> but i ran into a lot of really cool people out there but i i would sometimes be like just picturing somebody in the middle of winter at a graveyard like just for pokestops doing figure eight patterns see this is <laughs> this is what it was like back in high school when you were a goth and that was a cool thing to do now people are uh, 
<laughs> now it's a video game. <laughs> that, that's how I felt being like, uh, I'm like a sicko here in this. Uh, I think it was a uh, army like memorial plot, but yeah, it had so many pokey stops there. Yeah. And then there's obviously like people start. That was the whole thing where people were vandalizing stuff and like spray that's painting strong. like their their Pokemon Go team name and stuff. Yeah. I like, got to fucking ruin it for everybody. People strangely, especially at first, had really uh, strong team loyalty. Yeah. And I was like, who like in especially in the beginning, it meant like almost nothing. But I, I've even still seen people with shirts representing their team that they had specialty printed or hats that they went to a print shop to get printed yeah my brother sold sh- <laughs> my brother made and sold those shirts it's a smart move now we have a whole bunch for free he, because we got, he gave us he gave us he gave me like a bunch of like his like rejects that he never sold or whatever and so it's just like oh, cool exercise shirts that i'm not gonna exercise in. <laughs> anyway let's uh because it's such a news heavy week we should uh take a roll break. into the news well Gotta yeah take, take a break. break first uh then roll into the news so i'm gonna take a break, quick break here and uh stretch it out Hey guys, I just wanted to pop in here real quick during our break to say a couple things. The first thing is that you've no doubt heard we will be doing an audio review show for the games that we've been playing. We will be posting the first episode of that this Wednesday. So be sure to head over to LitGamingArena.com and check that out. It will be on a separate feed than this podcast. As is the nature of new podcasts, we will be waiting for the various platforms to approve us. So you can click through to Anchor on that post where you can find the RSS feed directly and you can add it to your podcast apps from there. The name of the show will be called Lit Gaming Arena GG. And the episode going up this week is Return of the Obra Din. So if you're interested in that game, check it out this Wednesday. And just to reiterate that this show is a focused discussion on one or two video games per week. We will try to avoid spoilers as much as possible, but sometimes it is unavoidable, so be aware of that. And at the end of the discussion, we will have a final score based on what we thought of the game. And secondly, we do have a new friend of the show, so we will be doing some cross-promotion. So right after this, I'm going to play a quick promo for them that they have sent me, and then we'll get right back into the rest of the show. Hey everybody, this is RJ, Ash, Ray, Brandon, Harrison, and Bronson. We host a Dungeons & Dragons podcast called Realms and Nerds. Some highlights of our show include wreaking havoc in every town we visit, blowing up hot tubs, killing off fan-favorite characters, high necromancers, inappropriate wedding etiquette, and every now and then, actually good storytelling. Join us in the realms of Pridea for fun fantasy adventures every week. You can find us on Podbean, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or just about wherever you get podcasts. All right, and we're back from the break, and we're going to roll right into the news. Unfortunately, I don't have a news sound, so... (laughs) Uh, All right, so first thing first, uh, Fortnite Maker gets F in customer service from Better Business Bureau. Ha ha. So they make a great game, but they make terrible customer service. Well, they'll get better. Good. Maybe. I mean, like... They have money. They have money, but like... 
Valve also had money too, and they still have shitty customer service. I'm fumble just, the just, ball enough. I'm for just fumble. curious though, like how do you fuck up customer service? That's like the easiest you just don't thing hire do. people for it. You we don't, just don't, you don't have it. You do, yeah, that's basically Valve. Especially, is, well, I know, but like it, that doesn't make any sense because they make so much money. Like, how do you fuck that up? You can't because who cares? <laughs> because it's an F for Fortnite. <laughs> Oh god. That, that um, was the goal and I guess they got that. Good good for them. <laughs> Next, YouTube sim racing streamers can't seem to escape copyright claims from Formula 1. So Formula 1 is out there just copyright striking anybody playing racing games. Sounds Why? like the case with all of YouTube right yeah, now. Don't they have everybody f- getting copyright everything's strikes. fucked up don't hardcore they have on YouTube. better to do no. like prepare for all of their, their fucking racing no, there's seasons nobody's racing there, there was like some studio that was like, like racing m- season starts in a couple of months i think it was actually uh, uh 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 legendary maybe like people were like just talking saying negative things about their movies like manually copyright striking their channels like things are getting really shitty on youtube like it's getting just as bad as that one girl who copyrighted uh pewdiepie yeah worse yeah, like, this worse is, than that. Like, this yeah. is getting so out of yeah, hand. Yeah, like Pewdie, like pff, I yeah. saw an Angry Joe video about uh, Lionsgate. Yeah, oh Lionsgate. Yeah, that was it. Yeah, was just co- manual yeah. copyright strikes, and then uh, like he got saying, another manual yeah. copyright strike from some uh, music publisher. Yeah, it's just a bunch of and like there's no oversight. It just gets all automatic. I mean, people are getting screwed. I mean, yeah, the PewDiePie thing sucked, but I mean, like he doesn't depend on YouTube like some of these other people do. I mean, Angry Joe at least has a, a few other bids, business ventures, but yeah. he was saying he has over like 50 plus copyright strikes and a lot of them Lionsgate related that yeah. he was like, it's going to take me eight years to get through all these. Yeah. I, a lot of them is like they do them all like at the same time or sometimes they use multiple accounts and it just it effectively shuts down your channel. Yeah, That makes me afraid for our future. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm not bothering with YouTube stuff for the podcast. No, I meant just for like podcast stuff. Don't you? Do you think podcasts would be I, I on the think, chopping no, block next? No, I mean especially we're this is all original content. How would you? Yeah, there's no way. I mean, podcast podcasts are. We mentioned somebody negatively. That's Do- how copyright we mentioned works Dr. these Thunder days. Negatively. Yeah, you, but you, there, there you isn't think Walmart's like... gonna body slam us? <laughs> Please. <laughs> Walmart, I'm ready, babe. Uh next we have some laptops. Wasn't there a cool alienware one? But there's I mean alienware's a primo brand. Yeah, I'm trying paying to paying for it, a name. Unfortunately I can't reorder lists on Feedly, which is what I'm using to organize all my news and so like I'd say, like, Oh, I gotta scroll up to this article and there's another article for a different laptop. So why does why does your feedly suck? I don't understand. Mine's Feed, fine. Have feedly you making, got an update that does suck. Are you 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 haven't been making custom lists though? Like I have a custom list that I add stuff for the podcast to. I have one custom list. But it adds it. it like when you add something to it, it adds it to the top of the list. You can't reorganize it. See yes, laptops go. I'm going. Best best laptop of 2019. HP announces the first gaming laptop with a 240 hertz display. How much does this cost? A lot, I'm sure. Probably 2500 3000 Let's see. It's got to be a o- lot. And it's only a 1080p display. I mean, I know laptops are just kind of inherently more expensive because they have a built-in display monitor. But Oh, yeah. That- oh, wow. That's actually a lot. Pricing will start at 1369 That's actually reasonable, you know? So that's a none of that sounds reasonable. The Omen 15. So I'm assuming that's a 15 inch laptop. Any of y'all that can afford that, good for you. Good for you. I mean, I mean, monitors are 
pricey and i know people get super like uh, people with desktop pcs get super into the monitor game let's see they didn't even they but don't even specify the price for okay so the the intro level one is the 15 inch model and it's a 60 hertz display <laughs> For, oh so it's a garbage tier. yeah so yeah it's they're not they don't want to mention price because people are gonna be like i don't yeah no it's probably gonna be like what you said too much yeah probably too much two thousand probably on so now we have the dell's alienware area 51m and apparently they're they're back to like upgradability with laptops yeah this is the one i was looking at that actually looked really good but i mean alienware always has like pretty good quality but you pay for you pay the for name the, brand yeah like, i pay for the name and i mean to be honest looking at it I mean, obviously this is an audio podcast but <laughs> I, i've heard it's basically it a looks, desktop like shoved into a laptop <laughs> it looks really good usually alienware stuff i think looks terrible i don't like alienware desktops probably the the whole uh aesthetic of being kind of spacey yeah <laughs> and looking literally like an alien i don't i've never you don't want those. a spaceship no i don't i want it well i want a sleek spaceship i don't maybe, you want a big fat honking spaceship something maybe a little more angular something designed by humans <laughs> <laughs> these are designed by aliens so the cpus will range from an i7 8700 to an i9 9900k so those are like full-size desktop processors or not laptop size you can have a raid zero array of ssds and a one terabyte hybrid drive and yeah so it's it's pretty high quality stuff the, but the starting price is 2500 bucks yeah i was like i mean it's steep but i mean it's a laptop yeah and it's packing a punch uh so, so what you're gonna the graphics is gonna be in this thing it doesn't as I'm far sure as it's, I knew it's probably it was a 2080 a, it's probably yeah it was it, as far as i saw that's about what it was like uh, most of the news i saw was like here's all the like here's 2080s in all the laptops it, it sounded like it wasn't necessarily a 2080 but it's a 2080 equivalent or it's like a 2080 that's fused with the motherboard in a way um but it like an integrated graphics of some kind that's a 2080 equivalent but it uh sounds you know like uh like it's a strong piece of hardware no matter what uh probably going to be the one of the strongest laptops out there without a custom build yeah uh the next one that i had lined up here uh that i wanted to point out is nothing else was really interesting other than this but acer is predator triton 900 this thing looks fucking crazy <laughs> acer makes very quality motherboards monitors you name it uh so this is probably a good piece of hardware this this fucking thing that swivels the the screen flips up normally but it has a hinge in the middle of it so the screen itself can flip in place. I really like that. Backwards the other way. So you can just turn the screen around that, in some crazy way. This might be good way. for, uh, I mean, designers probably. Yeah. I see some text. Sounds like something I would like, but I don't have enough money or yeah, any reason is, to own that. This looks like it's like going to be absurd. It's 17.3 inch IPS display, 4K resolution. NVIDIA G-Sync support, 8th gen Intel Coffee Lake Core i7 CPU, and up to 32 gigabytes of RAM. You that's, have to have a good reason to <laughs> own that, nice. and I but don't that's have like, a good reason. You and need then, to be a designer or something. But yeah, then the article says, oh, that's pretty standard. <laughs> I mean, tech's gotten pretty... 
3.4 kilograms. I don't know what that equivalent is in pounds. See, and I can only, uh, like, I, I'm not real heavy on laptops. I 100% understand why people would be into a laptop or interested in a laptop. But I, I feel unless you're doing, like, design work or you're kind of constantly on the go or need to be super intimate with your work, uh, needing to have a laptop uh, and pay once again, these premiums for a more portable package. But if I had the extra money, I would go with something like this. They have a, it has a flip out Xbox wireless receiver, <laughs> a, a glorified USB port in practice. <laughs> I don't, I don't understand the flip out part of it. I mean, if it's going to be integrated into the laptop, why not just have it be integrated? All right. What, what else do we got here? Do we have any more laptops? That was or? it for laptops. Uh, next we have LG has a weird roll up screen. So it rolls up. <laughs> I, I'm interested in this tech and most more more specifically yeah. for the phone market. Yeah, because it's think like a foldable it's the same. Screen would be so interesting. It's the same technology as a foldable screen, but it, it it works in the exact same way as you know, like a storage unit garage door, but in reverse. Instead of rolling up from from the bottom, or instead of like pulling it up to roll it up, it actually comes from a flat surface and rises and it has it's a, a lot it's of a the crazy thing ces tech stuff like this i know sometimes they have car stuff and other yeah. things well it this is the thing like that's gonna a, actually come in this is a real thing that they're gonna sell like this isn't just like oh this, we're I, showing off for ces I, I mean even if they're selling it it sounds kind of like i i think kind of going back to 3d tvs that it was such a gimmick that it never really caught fire in the way anybody well, was expecting that one actually did the 3d the latest 3d craze like caught fire for a while and i'm kind of glad it, it went away because yeah that that's all i was getting at that i it, just skipped like, that entire thing because i was like i don't yeah really 3d want... blew up and i at the time i was working at a movie theater and uh 3d was big in theaters as much as i i never felt a lot of people were going to 3d movies but definitely a lot of money was spent getting 3d movies making 3d movies avatar was coming out and it was like 3d is the future that's where the money is and it pittered out so hard and I, I kind of feel a lot of tech wise that's a little bit where we're at of this transitional phase of everybody trying to figure out what the next thing is yeah all right next crazy this is probably the craziest one so next big hardware thing is samsung unveiling the wall tell me about the wall whatever this may be the wall is a massive 219 inch tv that is big that is a huge tv i how i mean it probably doesn't say cost but this has got to cost like too a, much <laughs> uh, yeah i was like probably twenty thousand would be my lowest guess more than you can afford pal yeah i mean it i and when I I worked at uh, Sears and we sold a lot of very large TVs, uh, a lot of Sharp makes a lot of like 75 inch plus TVs. And yeah, we had very wealthy people always coming in to get TVs that were very large. So yeah. more than I could ever afford, but uh, so that's less eight, than some. 18 feet diagonal. Wow. <laughs> this is, that's insane. I mean, it is a wall. The wall. Uh, What's next? The the house <laughs> it's this is a your entire boy. house and then i don't know this wasn't like a ces thing but lg also has like transparent tvs now where you can see through them that's weird tech 
Yeah, and like I, I don't quite see the use of it, but maybe that might get used somewhere else. Yeah, but I mean, like it's weird because you can see, like, if you're looking at it from one side, you can see whatever you're doing, and you can legit like play video games and stuff on it. If you go walk around the opposite side, it's like looking through a window. Like you can that's hardly weird. see what's on the TV. It's weird, but I mean, I think that's going to be rendered useless because eventually we're just going to have like windows that are just screens. I, I think on a, from an artist standpoint, that can be used in a lot of art projects oh, in yeah, a I'm sure. very interesting way. Uh, AMD unveiled their Ryzen 9 3850X, which is a 16 core, 32 thread, 4.3 gigahertz uh, with a boost clock to 5.1 gigahertz. And the cost is... Four ninety nine. If I was building a PC right now, this is what I would go with. Well, you ha- you would have to wait till May. Well, that's when if I was building yeah. a PC, that's what you'd be. May the, or just this year in general, yeah. I would hold out till this was out. That's that's me. Me. <laughs> <laughs> that's. I mean, I saw this and I'm like, I'm on board with this. AMD always makes some pretty good uh, affordable processors, so I always that appreciate that. Their gra- their new graphics cards are they're they're really comparable to a twenty eighty, maybe even better. I mean, I. I heard uh, this week uh, the president of NVIDIA was talking talking some shice about the new graphics cards, <laughs> but that's to yeah. be expected. Yeah. And I don't think, uh, I, I don't really know, but do the new graphics cards from AMD have ray tracing? I assume they don't, so I just assume it's a high quality of kind of last gen tech. I don't really know all the details on that uh, specifically. Well, let's see. I have an article here that is hands-on with the AMD Radeon VI. So we'll pull that up here. Let's see, base clock of 1450 megahertz, target of 1750 for the boost. Let's see, it's a 7 nanometer architecture. The Vega 64 has 4096 cores. That's nuts. That's a lot of cores. That's a lot of cores. Don't see anything about ray tracing. So that might be why that might be why Nvidia is talking smack. Uh, anyway, like the performance, the I think you're right. The performance is it's like just last generation, but really good. So I mean, it's not going to have the ray tracing. Yeah, that, as far as I can tell. If I was buying a card right now, that's what I would look at because ray tracing is not at its peak yet. Um. Not like I think that's a bad technology. I do think that's an excellent technology. It's just yeah. it's not going to be all the way there yet. And well, nothing's utilizing it. And going forward too, um, physics is going um, open source soon. And I know that has been a source of frustration for a lot of AMD card users because it basically hamstrings performance. A lot of games are designed around physics and then you get an AMD card that doesn't support it and you just get screwed. Yeah, that can be bad. But I, I always... I, I really love AMD, uh, all their products. I mean, not to say I don't like NVIDIA. I really like NVIDIA as well and similar with NVIDIA Intel and obviously AMD is, they're all great. Yeah, I will. I mean, I'll you just... and Phil Spencer think so because <laughs> uh, he's talking about, he's out there talking about AMD partnership for the future platforms. So the future Xbox platforms will be using AMD, AMD technology. So they're saying the next CPU will be uh, using AMD technology for the next AMD the next seems console. to make a lot of uh, console chipsets or like specialty console chipsets or similar to uh, PC uh, chipsets. But yeah, and and I I mean I am a console diehard, but I, I just still that doesn't necessarily give me brand loyalty to AMD. I just 
I think they're a fine company. Oh, um, one more thing on their CPU, the Ryzen, the third generation Ryzen. Um, they're saying it can outperform an Intel i9 9900K on Cinebench. So if you're into like benchmarks, that's pretty good. And the NVIDIA president says, that's not true. Don't don't look <laughs> at that. fake uh, news. That's fake news. They're going to build a wall around AMD. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, I mean, I do think it depends on what you're looking for. I, I know AMD sends teams to cater a little bit more towards uh, overclocking than NVIDIA does. Um, and same with Intel. Intel doesn't seem to be very overclock friendly where AMD seems to like people overclocking their hardware. Yeah. Well, the next next thing I have lined up here is the HTC Vive. They had some new announcements at C- CES. So they have the Vive Pro I, and that's not like the letter I, that's your I, I, <laughs> since it's commonplace to just use the letter I still. Um, so these are more geared towards business than gaming. Um, it integrates eye tracking to natively give users greater accessibility. Um, so basically the eye tracking too also um, enables this crazy weird feature where it tracks where your eyes looking and increases the resolution where you are looking. See, and I, I think uh, this falls a little bit under the category that I, I saw a study on uh, recently, but I don't think we have it in our news segment, but there was a study done recently on children using VR and uh, VR in the classroom type setting yeah. for seven and eight year olds. And it suggested that, uh, uh, Women that are seven and eight uh, learned better when there was a female instructor as the uh, VR kind of avatar female instructor and uh, uh, boys learned better with a a drone, a talking drone. (laughs) (laughs) Really? I mean, I can see that. I like computers. I like robots. I mean, I'm all for that. Hearing this, I was like, I mean, I think So you're thinking in the future, like there won't be teachers. It'll just be, you put on a VR headset and it'll just be possible. uh, It's easier if you think about it. I mean, I I would hate we uh, arrive at a Wally dystopian future where everybody's ready player one dystopian future yeah but uh i mean just it was it was just kind of funny and i I wonder if uh the oasis because the drone concept is so distracting uh it might be why there's more focus driven on it um i I mean, I was expecting when I was reading it, it to be a like the women learn better from a a female as the instructor and then the uh, men learn better from a male instructor. But it was like, no, women learn better with a female. And I I do think uh, strong female role models are obviously more of a up and coming thing. And I said not not saying it didn't exist before, but it's been a a lot of focus these days. days, And I think that's great. Uh, But then you look at obviously there's been plenty of of male role models that maybe uh the youth or even like maybe just uh from the overexposure of male role models yeah that maybe they're looking for something else and i just find it weird that it's, it's this robots weird talking drone thing <laughs> that's hilarious to me um the they also announced the vive cosmos which is more of a it's billed as an easier it can i guess it's it can connect to your computer or phone but they didn't really release a whole lot of details of it but they said it will provide absolute 
absolute comfort and be easy setup. And that's it for Vive News. Yeah, I never found any VR stuff really particularly hard to set up, but that's coming from somebody who's fairly tech savvy, so that doesn't... Yeah. I'm not a great litmus test for any of that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Elgato announces new products for streamers. The first is a piece of software that makes it easier to stream mobile games, while the other is an accessory to increase the production value for streaming personalities. Um, so basically it's a thing called the key light, a simple solution for streamer lighting. And it just basically mounts on a stand behind your monitor, above your monitor, and it's just a light shines on your face there's like a, a light panel like some uh kind of a weird uh soft box in a way yeah basically yeah so it's just like a big beam of light yeah, probably i know a lot of, of people a, use those circle lights these days i was like this sounds like probably an overpriced variant of a soft box i feel you could probably fangle some lighting but yeah it may be uh people <laughs> in that space don't know about about lighting too too much in the first place so this yeah. is probably predatory a little bit yeah, I mean, it comes with a price tag of $200. Yeah, you can uh, definitely, <laughs> you can make uh, some decent softbox stuff on like a, on a dime these days, so. Shit, I'm, you can get a color changing, you can get a Philips Hue light for, I don't know, what, 50 bucks? Make a softbox out of that and you can change it to whatever color you want. Yeah, and I, it, once again, I... I've built a few soft boxes like from very just rudimentary things like uh, using foam core or just yeah. like reflective type stuff. Yeah, these are definitely 100% for like people that are like, oh, yeah, I'm a streamer. I mean, it's. It, it seems kind of like that, uh, yeah. a little predatory, like I said, kind of like how well, sort I of think like, of Mountain Dew Game Fuel, I guess, being like, yeah. I'm a gamer. I'm drinking Game Fuel. Yeah, I, I think that kind of goes along the lines of like, I mean, I like Razer stuff, but I feel like some of their stuff is pretty predatory on like, look at me. I'm a gamer because I buy Razer stuff. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it says the uh, person who like I bought Razer headphones for a, over a decade gross. and that was all I used. <laughs> and, not, not to say anything bad about them or malign them in any way. I just always <laughs> find that stuff a little cringy <laughs> when just the marketing is so like beating you over the head with it. And like I said, I use the term predatory in that uh, it, it's kind of preying on people's ignorance or once again, not maybe knowing of better or cheaper solutions. All right. Uh, next we have Corsair. Corsair loves RGB lights. Yeah, we just talked about this, and now yeah. CES and, happens, and, and then they're they're, they're even more they're doubling into, down double, on it. Yeah, so basically, their new RAM is like their their new their new system called Capellix LEDs, and it's just it's more LEDs. The picture I see just looks crazy, but their first thing that they're starting with is their new line of RAM that will support it, and that's basically the only product out right now that you can get it with. Next, we have. Oh, speaking of Razer, they announced or they, they showed off a new monitor at CES that can tilt 180 degrees backwards so that you can plug cables into it. That's actually, I, I like that. I like that too. I don't know it's, why anyone's never, but I have a feeling that the mount, you cannot mount this to a standard Visa mount. Yeah, but... I have a bad feeling about that. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I, I feel hearing that, I feel everything should have been that way. <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, getting behind your, mo your, your PC desk that's pushed up against the wall in order to plug stuff into your monitor is always the worst and i feel i've seen stuff maybe like this before but 
I, I, I just, I, I keep thinking of at least my monitors at home and they can't do that. But I swear I've seen some that can, or maybe at least tilt somewhat, maybe not to that degree. This sounds pretty, it sounds like a pretty steep degree. <laughs> I have two more hardware-ish things. Uh, first, PlayStation 4 sales exceed 91.6 million units worldwide. Which is great. I mean, they're... They're still edgy. doing good. They're nudging next to PS2 numbers. Yeah, what were the PS... There was like 130 million, wasn't that? Wasn't it something like that? I, it's over 100. I don't know if 130, but it's got to be pretty it's close. A but it's a lot. <laughs> I, I mean, if I feel at this point, if anything's going to outsell the PS2, it will be the PS4. But that being said, we are obviously oh rapidly God. approaching a new hardware cycle for console generations. As of 2013, a PS2 sold over 158 million units. So yeah, we're not we're not quite there, <laughs> but I have a feeling we're not going to get there because the next generation I, will be out. I think we'll pop that the the PS4 will pop that 100 mil. I think. Yeah, I don't think they're going to beat it. The PS2 had it a crazy long life. I, I mean, popping a hundred. Part of that's Brazil, uh, <laughs> but. Popping 100 million, and especially in today's climate, is a bit... That's like an impressive feat. Yeah. Because back then, uh, with the PS2, there really was like only the PS2 in a way because the uh, Sega Gen... Uh, not Sega Genesis. Uh, these, the Sega Dreamcast was kind of just it came too early like it either came it, either it was ahead of its time or it was too early for that console cycle uh but i yeah. always put the dreamcast in with the n64 and all that but then a few years later the ps2 launched and it just decimated the market so it was oh, kind of yeah. unopposed yeah. and then sega went by the wayside and then we had the gamecube show up a little later and it's as Nintendo is, its tech specs weren't quite up to snuff with the PS2. PS2 was still stronger. And then you have the Xbox, which came out around the same time as the GameCube. Yeah. And but, they had like the shortest console life span oh, yeah. ever. <laughs> and then they just because yeah, the uh, they wrecked everybody with the 360. Which this being, I find this always a little funny because people always talk about the uh, the Wii U being such a failed console and like being such a short console life, or like not even acknowledging that it had a console life. <laughs> and the Wii U had a longer console life than the original Xbox. Yeah, it, like the the original Xbox had such a short console life, and then the 360 just came out it's almost like the xbox was the demo for the xbox 360 <laughs> a little bit i mean there was plenty of great games on the original xbox but obviously Good i memories think a lot of people were a little hesitant to buy an xbox and like i said this was so ps2 was kind of for a while it was the only thing to buy since it came out so early compared to the other two yeah and it was obviously an established brand not to say GameCube did okay, but I felt that was one of the weaker. Like I, I yeah. love the GameCube to death. It had great software, but it was one of the weaker like consoles in terms of sales. Yeah. So, and once again, Xbox being the new kid on the block that just PS it left PS2 to just excel and dominate the market. So yeah. I think breaking a hundred million, even oh, though yeah. there's more gamers now than there ever were before, there are three very established console brands. Yep. And, and now mobile is really taking a yeah a the, chunk of that now. A little bit of mobile and PC's been ever growing. Yep. And I one hundred percent appreciate the PC market as much as I like 
just am not really a PC gamer, but more and more people keep going that way. And uh, I just really quickly want to touch on, I'm not exactly covering a lot of PC releases because there are so many. There's too many. By just unknown people. And I kind of just mostly want to hit on big releases on that front or maybe ones that are coming to console that I'll also yeah. briefly touch on in the PC market as well. Or like any anything that's going to be like exceptional, like something that's noteworthy. I, I mean, there's say. a chance something might come and I won't notice it's noteworthy until it's yeah. out blowing up the market. But uh, and once again, not in which to case, say we'll, anything, we'll talk about it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, not uh, I love the PC fans, but I am just I'm not heavily involved in that market just so people know. <laughs> uh well speaking of pc markets um somewhat related i have a list of xbox games that have official mouse and keyboard support uh so i'll just run through these real quick uh bomber crew children children of morta daisy deep rock galactic fortnite gears of war 5 gears tactics minecraft some of those aren't out yet. Gears Tactics isn't yeah, out yet. Yeah, some of these are, yeah, there's some that, like, but they're ones that are going to be out. Uh, Minion Masters, Moonlighter, <laughs> Roblox, Sea of Thieves. Sounds like a lot of games that are also on PC, so. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think that's good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, sea of Thieves, The Sims 4, Strange Brigade, Surviving Mars, Vigor, Vigor, I don't know, how, how would you pronounce that? Probably Vigor, maybe Vigor. War you Thunder. Know, we'll just clarify here. We don't really know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, War Thunder, Warface, Warframe, War Groove, Warhammer, Vermintide. A lot two. of war. Yeah, a lot of war. Um, and X Morph Defense. Those are so. Those are all the games that are and I, currently out or coming out that will support mouse and keyboard. I bet that just going forward, a lot of games will have mouse and keyboard support. And I yeah, think especially uh, anything that's also going to be on PC. I, I think FPS games largely like uh, a new Halo, like obviously Halo. Yeah. Well, especially since it's actually going to come out on PC, which is going to be I, huge. I am curious to see. Uh, and I, I just don't know because I'm not on Xbox a lot and I'm not, I guess, going to hook up a mouse and keyboard because that's just not how I play games, but will that just shut off uh, aim assist, or will aim assist still be in effect when you're using a mouse and keyboard? I would hope so, because aim, like I've played games that were console ports to PC and using a mouse on them, and they had aim assist still because they didn't remove it for the PC Oh, release. man, that'd be And rough. it was hot garbage. It was the worst. Yeah, so... I guess we'll see how that boils out. Yeah. Um. I, I noticed XCOM wasn't on that list. Uh. And I I have kind of a weird history with XCOM because I I mean I played kind of at uh, XCOM which was the reboot of the original. Yeah. And uh that I played on PC so I played with mouse and keyboard and I I do like that setup for tactics games. Yeah, definitely. Those types of games are best with mouse and keyboard. And I started XCOM 2 on PC, but I, I wasn't really jiving with it on PC. So I, I ended up buying it on PS4 and I played it more on there with the console like controls with the controller. So so they did work pretty good there then. I, I I enjoy controllers and I, I I mean it felt fine like that I mean I I don't think it's the ideal controls I just uh, I think if I had the option on a like PS4 or Xbox or whatever it be I I think I would choose a mouse and keyboard yeah so just once again pointing out like 
XCOM wasn't on that list. Maybe it'll get added in the future. Um, XCOM 2 at least. Hopefully they will. Um, also, unrelated to Xbox news, Microsoft announced a slate of quests for Game Pass or Game Pass games in January. Uh, so earning certain achievements and certain games available through Game Pass uh, will earn you uh, reward points that you can get uh, then redeem for Xbox gift cards. See, I, I really enjoy this. I wish there was a Sony equivalent or even Nintendo equivalent. Uh, I just like the idea of your in-game achievements uh, equating to some value. I, I like the... Uh, they used to do on Xbox your achieve, some of your achievements had uh, avatar clothes or things like... I know there was a weird yeah. like hound for uh, Limbo that you yeah. could get and i have that somewhere i have like a little uh, uh what is it the oracle from halo yeah because they had the halo waypoint thing that would give you if you had certain achievements they would give you rewards for your avatar on the xbox 360 so i always i always wish we had that on uh any other platform i mean not like i like once again reason to play xbox for sure yeah um so that was pretty much it for the hardware stuff um so you know, we can get into some actual video games video games now we can get into some video game news some video game news uh, uh gamestop sale to another company could be announced by mid-february see and i i'm wondering if they're going to sell to maybe one of those places that just closes out stores and and then just no more GameStop. Yeah, I mean, I feel they're going by the wayside because they just didn't evolve quick enough and haven't. I think the them purchasing ThinkGeek was a terrible move. They've now become a weird bastardization of a GameStop fused with like a Spencer Gifts. Not even that, like a GameStop fused with uh, Hastings, which is yeah defunct. Like they picked up like there's just they're filled with Funko Pops. Yeah, they they picked up where Hastings left basically they so i don't know i and hope they don't disappear because i that i appreciate the value of having brick and mortar stores i i love gamestop like i have a deep like deep memories with them and everything but i, I mean i was talking a little about about this earlier today i think if they want to stay alive and even if they sell to another company they need to become more of a boutique store and I say that as like they need to be more like I am 8-bit, which produces like excellent quality vinyls, like very artistic vinyls and like some limited edition games. Yeah. And they have dipped a toe into some limited edition games, but I always feel the quality is not really there and they need to either up the quality they i know have dipped a toe into game publishing but you need to either go all in or once again offer maybe go the netflix route and say like games published by us are only available for sale at our storefront and you would have to go hard on that for especially a lot of indie games maybe like get into publishing indie games and yeah it's like i said just maybe when they bought ThinkGeek, I would have like just turned that side into once again that boutique store, maybe making some like I think of limited run games as well. How yeah. limited run is getting into publishing as well as they have small batch games that are like collectors editions in ways or very artistic styled stuff and things that it, it makes them more money <laughs> in the end too because. They're able to charge a premium price for things that people want. Yeah, and I once again, I I would 
I've bought stuff from Limited Run. I've bought stuff from I Am 8-Bit. Um, there's another one that does vinyls for games, uh, Ghost Ramp, and I've bought some stuff from them as well. And I love all those places, but they are hitting a market in a high, high artistic uh, benchmark that GameStop, when I think of ThinkGeek, I think of just Funko Pops and like yeah. the lowest common denominator of collectible stuff. That's, yeah. When I think of ThinkGeek, I think of like way overpriced stuff. Yeah, just overpriced, overpriced, cheap make like stuff. That's just and they have lately got aside from being overrun with Funko Pops, they're overrun with t-shirts that aren't yeah. really well designed in my opinion and just various other like uh glass like drinking glass collectible stuff yeah. and a lot of uh figurines that are way marked up versus what you could get from other sites and it's it, it's not working and then i think of their uh loyalty program how it nets you if you pay into it you get 15 percent off used games and for a while amazon and best buy had loyalty programs that got you 20 percent off a new game yeah which they've since ended <laughs> yeah but. and i i had uh i noticed a lot of games at least new games or games you'd want and especially on the nintendo front because nintendo games never really drop in price um the markdown for a used copy would be like 55 bucks yeah versus the 60 bucks so it's like yeah i'm gonna pay five dollars and get a brand new copy versus a used copy that i don't know where it came from yeah and it would have been in their benefit to mark it down lower because and they would still make more money off of it but they i mean sell for that much they're gonna people are gonna opt for the higher or the the five extra dollars to buy the new game which makes them less money (laughs) i mean basically like minus whatever they paid for the used copy uh all of a used game sale is profit so yeah yep. and and unfortunately i noticed like my brother typically he buys a lot of new games and then sells them after he beats them and then buys another new game so yeah. that's happening a lot and that's actually putting a place like a GameStop at a net loss because a lot of people are doing yeah. that yeah i know uh I have a friend that would he would do that. He would buy a new game and he would sell it and buy a new game and sell it and buy a new game. And me, like I just buy a game and I keep it. (laughs) My uh, old philosophy way back in the day when uh, CD burning was kind of underground was buy it, burn it, return it. Um, (laughs) Back before there was protection. They they caught on uh, eventually. But yeah, you could especially PC games. You like understatement. Buy it. You burn it to a different disc and then you return it. And yeah. I mean, I remember specifically like the first Sims, like one of us bought the Sims and then the rest of us got a burned copy of it. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I did this with uh, Neverwinter Nights I bought from Target and I burned a copy and returned it. And then I think I got, I think Command and Conquer Generals or I, I got some Command and Conquer game. I, I got several games that off essentially one purchase. Yeah. Tell they were like, hey, uh, what are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, my, my favorite like memory of GameStop is back when there was more physical PC games you could buy and just looking at the 
giant wall of just PC games and trying to find yeah, those, something. Those that, big boxes. Yeah, and trying <laughs> to find, like, picking them up and looking them over and, like, which game do I want? Like, back before there was any, like, oh, I want to just look up what I want to find on the internet or I was relying on magazines and going to GameStop. That was it. And I, I always uh, think there's two different types of, like, not necessarily gamers, but uh, when you're very heavily invested in, in games... There's two types of people. There's uh people like me who is uh, I'm very I I'm very into collecting things and having the complete package. So yeah. the case needs to be pristine, the disc needs to be pristine, the it needs the booklet, it needs the whole shebang. Otherwise it's worthless. So I obviously don't buy a lot of used copies cuz I want to make sure I'm fully involved in the whole thing involving that um and then the flip side is i think of a lot of people who have a lot of games but they keep them in like cd books they want to carry them all with them those are the worst the cd books (laughs) yeah or they get they carry now they carry all their switch games with them like i get the efficiency of the cd book well most of these people uh, and this becomes most of these people just moved on because did at the time digital games weren't really a thing when that was happening a lot but now that you can own digital games these people always wanted to carry all their games with them all at once so they're probably buying digital and that once again is choking out the brick and mortar shop yeah i mean that's kind of the way we're going there's a lot less brick and mortar stuff it's and ironically amazon's going the opposite way and and building in or they're getting into the brick and mortar business after trying to kill everybody off and i feel bad saying this but uh somebody just needs to take GameStop out back and put a bullet in it. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> it's just they haven't evolved and I I mean there's only a few ways they can do it from here out but for years they've just used the same business model and it clearly has been a sinking ship. So I f- think mismanagement from the top down. Uh, I guess in February we'll find out what happens. All right, and and what other news might we have? I know I talked a little heavily on this one, but I had a lot. You got a little nostalgic about GameStop. I also got a lot to say about that place. <laughs> um, also, see. oh, real quick, uh, and I feel this is a more new thing, but when when I was a child going to GameStop, and I don't think it was necessarily my lack of investment in it, but the employees seemed so much more knowledgeable about games. And now I swear I go into a GameStop and those people, a lot of the times, there are a few, but a lot of them don't know a lot about games. They're like, they look confused when I talk to them. Yeah, it's, and fortunately, that's just kind of the way a lot of things have went and it's been going that way where they just want to hire somebody. They they just want to get warm bodies in there that can push the pre-orders. Unfortunately, it probably pays minimum wage and these people are like, it's just a job. But I just, I've gone in there and even asked about some new releases or like just having some friendly banter and they look really confused. I mean, I I do, I mean, full disclosure, I do have, I do know a a friend who... (laughs) I do have a friend that is a manager of a GameStop, and well, and like, like he may, I said, he may not. or may be someone I I I have on this podcast sometime in the future. So maybe 
he might be able to talk a little bit about it. I don't, but yeah, I don't, it's, it's I don't want to out him and or get him in trouble or anything. It so. is not everybody yeah. by any means. It, <laughs> there, there have been very knowledgeable people working at GameStops. It's right. just and this I'm, guy knows his stuff for sure. I'm actually <laughs> just does. a little flabbergasted when I go in and I mention certain games and they just look at me so <laughs> yeah like boggled <laughs> yeah i mean i know he's he he is slash was a listener of the podcast now he's listened to the first few at least so maybe he'll reach out to me if he's yeah maybe, still listening maybe just dropping this might engage him a little bit but uh <laughs> anyway we, we'll we'll move on uh so next we have um Fortnite is coming to the Australian Open. Which that, that's real weird. But. For for anybody who doesn't know, the Australian Open is a tennis tournament in Australia. I don't know how. I don't know what this has to do with anything with Fortnite, but I mean, it just seems like it's getting everywhere and everything. Yeah. All right. I, I don't want to linger on that one too long. Yeah. There. Well, there's nothing else to say. Um, I was just using that as a lead-in because a modder released a battle royale mode for Stardew Valley, but it's busted. How does a battle royale mode work for Stardew? <laughs> You're farming. good question. That You're is not a very... fighting. Are you fighting for the love of the townsfolk? Um. Basically, yeah. They added fighting. What? I mean, there always was, I guess, kind of battling, but in the dungeons, the, the, the goal, just not with other players. Uh, well, oh, wait, never mind. Maybe there isn't. Uh, let's see. So the goal is to farm human souls in a battle between 100 farmers. So, yeah, you're still. You're <laughs> it's farm royale. Farm. Yeah. That's weird. Um, Battle farm. Well, I hope that eventually works. Yeah. That's interesting. Uh, and then that was also a lead into today's news. Red Dead Online is getting a battle royale like mode today. And, and nobody's surprised. <laughs> Nobody. Yeah. <laughs> it's called Gun Rush. And it's I like available name. today as of when we record this podcast. So, yeah, by, by the time this players. is released, it will be have been out for a bit. Yes. It's up to 32 players. I see that expanding upon yeah. user base inflating, and of course the ever shrinking circle. It's a such as standard for a battle royale game. You got to yeah. have that arena move somehow. Yep, yep. Um, I don't really know what else to say about that. It's just, it's a thing that people are gonna play, <laughs> and Rockstar's gonna make a shitload of money on. I'm sure. Oh, I I completely spaced over this in the hardware news. NVIDIA is bringing G-Sync support to FreeSync monitors, which for people who people who are into big PC gaming and want G-Sync and bought a FreeSync monitor, um, if you have, a, I guess if you have an NVIDIA card, you can now have G-Sync support. I don't really, myself personally, I don't know how all that stuff works. So <laughs> I don't really either. It's, but it, it's a... Just different different things that didn't work together, which in a way will work with an NVIDIA card. I haven't updated my PC in about ten years. Yeah, it's been a it's been a hot minute for me too. <laughs> uh Skyrim composer currently not involved with El the Elder Scrolls three. So Jeremy Soul, who for me is the soul of those that, games. That's so cliche and I, hurts. But I know, but it's for me like I when I think of an Elder Scrolls game, I think of Jeremy Soul. 
Well, I mean, yeah, the soundtracks for those are pretty, pretty banging, you know? Yeah. And that might make sense because I remember when that teaser for the Elder Scrolls came out at um, E3, was it last year? Um, they, I, I, there was a lot of, uh, a little bit of a blowback from that. Um, I saw people complaining about the music that they chose for that teaser seemed very uninspired. Yeah, I thought it sounded a little like, uh, kind of games of throne game of thronesian in that well, it feels it, like they just recycled the skyrim theme to me yeah i mean that and that falling in that same space yeah. I, I just so i was just like uninspired it so maybe that felt a little weak but maybe there's a falling out with jeremy soul i mean i wasn't there clearly wasn't a lot of work done that teaser was so just yeah it nothing. was basically just them saying hey we're doing a thing which i mean we all knew had to come eventually but yeah it it I know they're obviously working on what what's what's that space one they're working on a uh, uh, Starfield yes uh, that's gonna have to come out before even yeah. a new Elder Scrolls which is a little upsetting to me because I I'm not huge on Fallout and clearly that's been like Fallout Four and Fallout seventy six being kind of their focus in the recent years and i'm just i can't get into those whatsoever where i'm always interested in i guess their fantasy setting i i am interested in a sci-fi setting but yeah we nobody knows what that new ip is really gonna look like there's or no be, details so. <laughs> um but yeah so he apparently he announced this on facebook after a lot of people have been asking him if he's going to be involved with it and he's so uh, uh I wish best of luck to him wherever he ends up. He's quoted here. As so many of my fans have asked, while I've not said much about this out of courtesy to Bethesda, I would never turn my back on the Elder Scrolls, and I believe that my involvement would hinge on a creative decision on their part and where they want to take the franchise. To confirm, I am currently not involved with the Elder Scrolls 6. So it sounds like he won't be ever involved with the Elder Scrolls 6 from the... the I, I just wonder if he maybe ends up at a different company. Like, uh, now and was th- he, now was this he actually be... a Bethesda employee, or was he just always hired by them I'm sure he was commissioned for... out. Uh, I get. He, I think he was like just a standalone because he did. He did a lot of. Yeah, video I think games. he does freelance work. I mean, most people that big do, but I mean, he might be just getting commissioned by some other studio. And now this just, just bear with me on this. Um, we know in Exile Destiny as well 3. as no, no, no. <laughs> we know Microsoft uh, has picked up in Exile and Obsidian, and Obsidian is working on something that looks very close to a Fallout, and they also dabble heavily in fantasy setting. Maybe Microsoft hiring him on to do something, and maybe Ooh. as a more permanent position of some kind. That that sounds promising. I mean, I'm I'd be just, on board. <laughs> I, once again, just one hundred. 100% theorizing and throwing things out there because I, I mean he clearly wouldn't be on whatever uh, game they have most currently in the works but maybe the next project I mean yeah Microsoft I mean, is pulling some big talent right now and Jeremy Soule does fantastic work wherever he goes I, I all the games all the soundtracks he's done have been phenomenal from the Elder Scrolls to um, working with Arena Net on Guild Wars those Guild Wars is up there with one of my favorite soundtracks of all time. Always really epic scores that aren't necessarily bombastic in a bad way ever. So Yeah, he's he's not overly like he's not like a movie soundtrack type person. He's very orchestral. It's 
and there's a lot of mood pieces that he does and there's a lot of good background stuff and, and i always think for you especially and a lot of the games I've, I've i try to recommend to you specifically justin are games that are heavily music involved because i know that is something you look at almost more critically than a person like me because you have a little bit of a background in uh music as an art form that i don't have <laughs> yeah i mean definitely coming from being like a musician on some level and studying music and producing music i have a critical ear for all of that type of stuff yeah i i I think I'm definitely a little in tune, but you, I think you, once again, I you almost can play a game solely for the soundtrack, where I think that always is more of a cherry on top of the cake for me. <laughs> yeah, see, yeah, for me, like, the soundtrack has become, like, a part of the experience for me. Like, if it doesn't have a good soundtrack, it's very hard for me to play the game because I have to enjoy what I'm listening to with the music it has to basically there has to be a lot of work put into it i mean video game soundtracks were basically a, back when i was listening to an ipod i had i organized everything by genre and i specifically tagged all of my uh soundtracks as video game soundtracks and it was like a third of my iPod was that. See, and that's not not necessarily being solely uh, <laughs> Jeremy Soul related, but I, I know just soundtracks in general can be uh, very polarizing for people. And like like with you, I, I know you've been playing Celeste with headphones, and and I actually think certain games like Celeste or even uh, we we touched on Hellblade. Uh, and and maybe you should just do this going forward with games, but playing with headphones can can radically alter the experience. Yeah, I think that's probably what I've I mean, honestly, I've never really played with headphones on a console. I mean, I used I did years and years and years ago when I just had like my Xbox hooked up to my PC monitor at my desk and I was just finagle some weird abomination of <laughs> of headphone splitters in order to have my headphones connected to both my xbox and or my my xbox 360 and my pc at the same time i was it was just it was a mess underneath the the, the desk but it worked perfectly so um but since then i've been playing console games just on my regular sound system um but i mean i would anytime i play on a pc i usually have headphones on but I never really spent a lot of money on headphones before. And this current, the headphones I'm wearing right now is the first time I've ever spent more than $50 on headphones. So that changes the experience quite a bit for me. <laughs> yeah, and and both those games I, I can highly recommend playing with headphones as much as... I, I didn't play Celeste with headphones, but the soundtrack is good enough that it can 100% merit it. <laughs> yeah, it's a really good soundtrack i really enjoy that soundtrack and just the sound design as a whole in that game is really good with especially with the headphones i mean as soon as i put the headphones on it was like um i was hearing sounds that i never even heard <laughs> on my speakers but drawing tying this back in i i and I didn't play Skyrim with headphones, but I have listened to that soundtrack several times outside of the game. And once again, just uh, music can be a very strong or exhilarating uh thing in games and especially if you experience like frisian it can yeah it can be a great experience yeah i mean i actually was listening to the celeste soundtrack when i was editing last week's episode <laughs> so <laughs> that tells you how how good i think that um soundtrack is 
Anyway, we should probably move on to the next topic because we are getting a little long in the tooth tonight. We're, we're getting a little into overtime. Yeah, we're it's OT right now. Uh, here, this is kind of a big thing. Japan has made console modding and game save editors illegal. This one doesn't really surprise me a whole lot, and that's because they are have always they they're always a little bit sticklers on laws, and they have kind of weirder copyright laws and just similar stuff involving tech and games that yeah. we just don't have in the U.S. Yeah, I mean it still kind of sucks because I mean I I I mean I truly yeah. truly prescribe to the thought that when you buy something, it's yours, and you yeah. should be allowed to take it and break it all you want. Yeah. But and I it's realize becoming more of a more of a rare thing increasingly mm-hmm. because now you're being sold the license to use the hardware. Yeah, you're you're more or less leasing hardware. Yeah. And I, I, I get it to some extent because obviously uh, games and in general, almost a lot of things are becoming more tied in or online focused or you're going to be with other people. So you obviously don't want uh, people having unfair advantages uh, over others like the, I, I 100% can see that. Yeah. And, and once again, I guess protecting IPs when it comes to the modding front. Yeah. And man, there's. The punishment for this is severe. It says um, they're Sepuku. liable up it's to a, f- <laughs> a five million yen fine, which is about forty six thousand dollars, and wow. or five years in prison. Wow, that's pretty steep. Or both. Is that a and that's for a first time offense? That's what it looks like. Yeah. Wow. Um, wow. Yes, I mean it. Uh, see, these laws are a part of Japan's unfair competition prevention act, which was revealed in December twenty eighteen as the name. As the name implies, these laws are designed to prevent someone from unfairly turning a profit off of a company's software or electronic product. However, the wording of the law allows it to extend over what were previously assumed to be harmless actions as well, such as adding new games to the NES, SNES, and PS Classic consoles via mods or using an action replay. I'm curious if some people might be grandfathered into some of this. I hope so. Yeah, because I'm like, what what if you got like a... A modded, just not a SNES classic, but just a modded SNES with a game genie. Uh, next thing we have on the list, Bethesda settles lawsuit alleging that Westworld ripped off Fallout Shelter, which, I mean, they did. Yeah, it, it just... <laughs> There's no way around clear it. Very clear-cut was. It's very much the same game. Um Oh, yeah, I forgot that the whole thing was the fact that there was they found that it was the same game because there was a bug in yeah, it was Fallout the- Shelter that was that the same exact bug appeared in um I, in, I, in the Westworld game. Yeah, that being the case was like the most surefire way to tell that it was like copied code. <laughs> yeah, and it was like a bug that had been patched in fallout shelter so it was something that no user experienced but someone that worked on the game (laughs) would have seen playing westworld yeah and i mean almost all companies are spying on each other to some extent uh pokemon go made nearly 800 million dollars last year it's a far cry from how much fortnite made but i mean for what pokemon go is it's that's pretty big that's substantial and i mean i know uh niantic is uh now one of the most valued companies in games which is like crazy to me because they i think yeah. they suck kind yeah of. <laughs> i mean it's it's they're worth more than uh sega capcom like some some of the 
original, like the OGs in games. Yeah. I mean, this shows you how much of an increase that they. I mean, like I mean, Pokemon I, Go came out in 2016. It was hugely popular, popular, still popular in 2017. But they made 35 percent more in 2018 than in 2017. I, I mean, sadly, this is more of a testament to just how strong and how powerful uh, Pokemon is as an IP. Yeah, and not so much Niantic. Like, yeah. Once again, Niantic, I, I don't think is a great company no, by any means. And not at all. You look at Ingress. Especially like in is, the early days of Pokemon Go and how little communication they had when the game was broken as hell. Yeah. And l- like like I said, Ingress was ne- like Niantic was never valued anywhere close when they just had an IP that wasn't worth a damn. So yeah. just I think Pokemon as an IP is it's just pull. It's so much pull. So this is another big news article from today. Uh, Bungie is splitting up with Activision and they're keeping Destiny this time. Which is good. I, I always thought if they left that they would lose that the Destiny IP. I thought because Activision or s- some other team with inside Activision has been doing a lot of the updates to Destiny. Destiny. It hasn't been necessarily Bungie proper. Yeah. Working a lot of that angle. And it, it's, I'm just surprised because I, I think of how when Bungie left Microsoft, they lost ha- the Halo IP. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, no. I, I hope, uh, I, I hope the best with I, Destiny 3 going forward, but I hope that they stick to doing it by themselves. I, I still wish <laughs> they're going to partner with Epic. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I I mean I was just I found it a little funny uh with when like when Bungie had their breakup with Microsoft because they they left Microsoft being like we want to make something that isn't Halo you know like we, yeah. we want to do other things we got grander visions and then they made Destiny which is kind of a lot like Halo like I, I would like to see that team maybe maybe do something real real weird yeah uh let's see well couple new couple more short ones and then one more big one here so uh nintendo crushes bowsette as canon dreams clarifies that only toadette can use super crown and luigi is sad yeah i poked a little bit about this last week (laughs) but i guess i didn't bring up this new story at all but yeah just the it's a little upsetting uh because I I like Bowser as a concept. <laughs> yep, I was on I was well, I was on board with the whole thing with that the super crown could turn well, anything into a princess. Well, did you see that there was a uh, Bowser as like a Nintendo co- like concept for Odyssey? No, I didn't. Yeah, the uh, original idea because Mario can throw hit Cappy and t- transform into things. So they were going to have Bowser, who also has kind of a similar hat mechanic, that he would throw that on Peach to capture Peach. So you would have Bowser inside of Peach's body, basically. And they had a whole concept art for it, which wow. is very... And this, once again, predating all the Bowsette stuff. <laughs> but very similar? Yeah, like, obviously, Bowser inside Peach, very, very yeah. similar. Huh. Um, so it seems a little weird that they obviously canned the whole Bowsette thing because they, once again, had a concept of Bowser and Peach, like, fused in some manner. Hmm. All right, next, uh, this is not even video game related, but we have to, everyone else is talking about it, so we have to. (laughs) Harry Potter, witches and wizards used to poop themselves and then use magic to clean up. Which is disgusting. Just gets teleported to a faraway land to a world where monsters rule. (laughs) This is not a Monster Rancher joke. (laughs) Well, first I want to, I want to just, this comes in from GameSpot. I just want to read what they wrote here because it is phenomenal. Um, while mainline Harry Potter books are over and done with more details about 
the wider magical universe continue to come to light. The latest reveal comes from the Pottermore Twitter account, and it has to do with the way that witches and wizards peed and pooped. At one point in history, the magical school Hogwarts didn't have bathrooms. So what did witches and wizards do when they needed to relieve themselves? Unsettlingly, they just peed and pooped themselves wherever they were standing and then used magic to vanish the evidence. Hogwarts eventually, and probably for the best, decided to adopt the muggle way of plumbing to allow for a more traditional bathroom experience. Hopefully, vanishing the evidence also included wiping, but we don't know for sure. It's also unclear if this method of pooping and peeing was contained to Hogwarts or if the entire magical world did their business in this manner. I don't like that. (laughs) (laughs) It makes me feel uncomfortable. It should. Frost coming out of left field over here. I've been quiet this entire time. I've been muted this entire time because I'm obnoxious. But now we have some technical difficulties with that mic over there creating some noise. I just don't understand why that was important to say in the first place. Like, this just (laughs) I mean, people want to know why because JK Rowling wants to stay relevant. No, that's not being relevant. She wants to just come out out with weird facts that (laughs) people got questions. Let them ask questions and answer those questions. It makes zero sense why they would do that in the first place and why that would even be a thing because I just I don't like that part about Harry Potter especially with some of the fan fictions that I read is that there's always a charm that they have to do something like that like I was reading a fan Poopulous, clean up <laughs> there's a fan fiction that I was reading the other day where somebody went to go bend down into the garden and start doing gardening but they specifically had to mention like oh not before they cast a cushioning charm like fuck you wizards come on get the wait what do you gotta have? You don't. You don't. First need to world have- problems, baby. I'm done. <laughs> okay. Moving on. Our last news article here. Uh, Unity pulls nuclear option on cloud gaming startup Improbable, terminating game engine license. So basically, what this is is it's called Spatial OS, which is a cloud platform for uh, games to use multi or easily do multiplayer um, or at least makes it easier and basically unity last month changed their terms of service and decided that um, what these guys were doing was against their terms of service and they have now terminated their uh, license for it um, so any game using unity that was also using spatial OS is now in violation of that so a lot of the games have uh, went offline for that I think a few are still up but basically this just any any of those games just got screwed because of what unity unity is pulling here um, and in the wake of that, um, Improbable and Epic teamed up to establish a $25 million fund to help devs move to more open engines. Yeah, this is AKA really just... they're moving to... <laughs> they're, they're moving to Unreal. I feel this is kicking them while they're down. Uh, smart move by Epic. Like, yeah. Epic's been basically making a lot coming of good in moves to be right the now. Su- <laughs> they're coming in and they're basically the superhero in this situation because they're going to help these teams whose games essentially got shut down by Unity for something that wasn't even their fault and then they're getting help to get it ported to a different engine. I'd like to see in a week or a month if these terms of service change and like 
Yeah, they revert Unity back. Trying oh, to yeah, we're doing 180 on all this. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm sure by next week's podcast we'll have some news on that. <laughs> um, but I mean, there isn't really much else to say in that regard. It's just that's some just some crazy stuff that happened today. And I mean, one of these articles was only posted like two hours ago. So I mean, that 25 million dollar thing was like it happened tonight. <laughs> <laughs> that was breaking news. While we were recording, quite a bit of this was right before we were recording, but it's not going to be breaking news by the time you hear it. And is that it for the news? I think that's it. So that's going to wrap it up for this podcast. Make sure you guys go to litgamingarena.com. Check us out there. Go to chat.litgamingarena and to join us on Discord and hang out with the community. We have a Facebook at facebook.com slash litgamingarena. And on Twitter, we are at litgamingarena. And just to wrap things up, I wanted to remind everyone once again that the first episode of GG will be up on Wednesday. So make sure to go to LickGamingArena.com to check that out. And we will see you again next week. time for the rest of us please or how are you feeling bud you know meltan the pop pokemon i feel like that (laughs) i have a bad voice for recording it can only be recorded on select devices like an instrument microphone my voice is an instrument your voice is a bass drum (laughs) those peas they just can't be captured unless it's on a instrumental microphone that can capture those sounds